Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tastings Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. So I was doing a little research for the show, Vicar. Oh, okay. Okay. I get a ramble. By the way, that's that's Bullhagen and that's Vicar. In case yeah, this is Bullhagen. Oh, this is Vicar. And Peter's here. Hey, hey Pete. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. We had to just try to right. go I'm, forward. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. So, what are you saying? Go ahead. So, one thing before I'm going to preface this because I have a, some. I try and stay young, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And I was doing a little research because we haven't really updated. We. Early in the podcast, we did kind of a review of some new words. Okay. We haven't been a, done a good job of using them, like yeet. Oh, yes. And uh, yeet. Uh, Kobe for shooting, which it hasn't aged well. <laughs> and uh, what was it? Is there, was there anything else that I missed? Oh, I'm sure there was, but I don't remember what they were. So I was uh, kind of doing some research on finding some words to yeah. help us. Stay relevant. Oh yeah, we gotta keep up with the latest. Right. I mean, once you're now that I'm in my fifties, I gotta work at it. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So uh, one time, uh, which as I went through some of the words, uh, um, I I, do you ever do something that you look back on and you think, I just don't want to think about it. I can't believe that happened. Oh yeah, that's part of the human condition. (laughs) Right. Right. So I had, I was thinking about it, these words, and I had a moment where I was very contemplative about a something really dumb I did. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. Which I think back, like, man, what was I thinking? But there, there's some innocence as far as I didn't understand. Or the, the reference of the word changed very quickly, very drastically. Okay. This is quite a buildup. I'm getting very okay. curious about right. And part what of this it was. is Peter. Uh, Peter knows that uh, I do have a youthful spirit about me. No, oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, my wife and I discussed that. Basically, I I kind of uh, describe myself as the man that uh, nine year old Bullhagen would have been impressed with. Yeah. Whether as far as uh, being the best at the water slide or yeah, you know, I've got anyways. So so. Uh, there was a time, oh, probably four or five years ago, mm-hmm. probably closer to five years ago. So I was preaching on, I believe it was uh, the parable of the wise and foolish version, right? Right. Right. And uh, the, the whole theme of that is stay awake. Right. Right. Yep. Be ready. Be ready. Yep. Don't Watching. Watching. Right. Village. Uh, vi- uh, vigilant. That's the one. Right. Right. Vigilant virgins. Right. So he, so at the time, I used the word to describe it that has greatly changed since. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm super curious. Are you curious? Oh, man. It's killing me. Are you, are you ready for this? Oh, yeah. So, so the point of the sermon was like the wise vir- virgins being aware, mm-hmm. right? Right. Watching... Watching, finishing the race, maybe. Finishing the, the race. And medical. also, I, there's an aspect of also watching for threats. Oh, okay. Being, being yeah. ready, 
your lands filled with oil, uh, not being daunted and on waiting and watching for the true land to come and not getting either drowsy or sidetracked in other ways, right? Yeah. So, so alert, watching. Alert, watching. Yep. Right? Diligent. Diligent. Love it. So right? far, so good. Now I'm waiting for this word. This <laughs> Right. And, uh, and so here's the problem. Okay. Okay. At the time, there was a phrase that could be used that talked, described that to a T, but since has changed. All right. Okay. Do you know what that word is? I'm starting to have a guess. Do you want me to guess or do you want to say it? So I used the parable of the 10 virgins and I preached on staying woke. Yes, that was the word I had in mind. I was thinking, did he say woke? Because Right. Had... I mean, that was like my intro to the ster- sermon of uh, staying woke. Oh, no. Oh, that word is right out now. Right. <laughs> Nobody wants that word. I mean, it's pejorative to the people it applies to, legitimately applies to. And so now they're pushing back saying, oh, you're using this right. as a slur. And so somewhere out there, there is a sermon I... Uh, <laughs> Called staying woke. <laughs> oh man, that hurts me. Oh man, I think about that, and of course, this is clerical errors, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to lean into it, right? Yeah, yeah maybe we should yeah. just. Uh, There's a, uh, a vicar don't do that quality. No, but there is a lesson. Captain Creation has made a few mistakes. Oh yes. yeah, okay, yes. Which you have no idea what he's talking about. No, I don't know Captain Creation, <laughs> but I assumed that somehow he was talking about you. <laughs> yes, that... it was a VBS program I did where oh. I was a superhero, Captain Creation. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, ADHD could take you to some weird places, man. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. I saw a unicorn hunter one time as a VBS character okay. that a pastor played. <laughs> yeah. I will say there are parts of that were genius. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. We'll buy it. Um, but, and so I think of that, like, this is a, a, a thing of pastors don't try and too hard on that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I, yeah. I mean, I've heard one that's seem I think is far worse. I don't even know if I should share it on the podcast and I, I'm being truthful right now. I don't know that I okay. should. So do you want me to say it? And then like, we can cut it out if it's no good. Sure. Okay. At- <laughs> oh no. <laughs> that's and, amazing. Yeah. He, he didn't know that that had a, I mean, obviously he didn't know that that had an inappropriate, right. You know, meaning. Yeah. We're going to have to take that one out. Okay. We'll take right. that. Right. It kind of like, uh, there's a borderline one I can bring up too. I was watching a TV preacher uh, one time, Julie and I, where I was, where I just had the TV on while we were getting ready church, for ready for church. And this is when we I was still in the seminary, so I wasn't a pastor yet. Okay. And uh, and the sermon, I think it was in the Crystal Cathedral. The oh yeah, that's one of the TV preachers. I can't remember right. which one. Right. So he obviously did some work. It was about how we need to smile more. Oh, that's that's a deep message. Right. <laughs> Very meaningful. And so he did a little research. Okay. Okay. And in his research, he mentioned, well, the muscles around your mouth are called sphincter muscles. <laughs> and he... <laughs> oh, goodness. We can keep the story in, can't we? Yeah. So he told the people in the congregation to turn to each other and exercise their sphincter muscles. You're kidding. No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not mature enough to hear this. <laughs> That's incredible. Okay. Uh, that brings me to, okay. She hasn't been listening to this show, although she did notice my mustache. Do you think I can tell this story, Peter? 
I think you've told it in the past. I don't know. If I, I'm pretty sure you have. Okay. I don't know which in, one it either is. Way, either way, go ahead and do it. Either way, I think it's, okay. I think it's safe. I, I played can, a joke on my dear wife. Mm-hmm. Okay. To be to be clear, nobody is allowed to ever mention this to her ever. Right. That, now that sounds familiar. It stays between us and you, Melissa. Part of the, the, the our stu- the clerical heirs family here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is just like right. this is just like the beard thing. Not a joke. Don't talk to the top right. to her about this. <laughs> right. Okay, got it. So, in much the same vein, okay, you know the the rope that we use around our alb. Oh yeah. What's it called? Cincture. Right. Yeah. Well, guess what I taught my wife. It was called. Oh no, I don't know, but this is gonna uh, be good. Yeah, smiling muscles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you, t- you mispronounced it distincter. And told <laughs> right, because I knew at some point the payoff would be amazing. Right? Yeah, and it was. Oh goodness! All right. <laughs> okay. So I'm at an ordination, right? Mm-hmm. And when you go to ordination, what do you have to do? You have to bring your yeah, you got to bring your, your robe and stuff, right? Investments, yeah. Right, right. And there's a lot of pastors there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? And uh, my poor wife juggling the four kids and all that kind of thing. Right. And while I'm, you know, being the important pastor guy with right. the other pa- – in, in a room <laughs> filled with other pastors. Very important guys. And and my hurried and, and rushing wife and doing what's best for her family and for her husband in the church, she rushes in and asks me, honey – did you remember your sphincter? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I'm like, uh, <laughs> did you feign a medical problem or like, oh, yep, you're right. I better go take care of right. that. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Yeah, she she doesn't like to talk about it too much. And she's a little salty about it. Oh, my. Don't I... do that, Vicar. Don't do that to your wife. I was I was young and immature back then. Got it. Yeah, very young. So versus like no, old and immature. Okay. <laughs> I think this one's okay. I think you should do this one. This one is just this one's because realistically, all right. Think about it for a second. The payoff was really good because of that specific scenario, right? Right. right. Like, what are the chances the payoff happens in front of or in an ordination in front of like you know a ton of other people? Well, when when else are you going to use the word censure? Right. It's when, well, do you have one or not? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> but still, the construction, did you remember it? Is, is that, That's about as good as it can get. <laughs> Maybe do you have it might have been a good one. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. So all truth be told, with all that's to say, I have a very patient and loving wife. Oh, yeah. That, so That's like a requirement <laughs> for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's like that's a requirement for you he says <laughs> yeah a patient and loving vicar is that what you're saying oh yeah yeah <laughs> that's true too <laughs> all right so uh we should talk about what you're preaching on vicar yeah we are or i am writing a sermon for luke chapter six jesus said Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, 
running over will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you seek why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will be then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. All right, so uh, you want me to have some thoughts first before you talk about what you're preaching on? Uh, that sure. I mean, unless you you don't have any or something. <laughs> oh, you know me; I always have. You got some okay thoughts. Yep. Yeah, I was, you can use this to talk about staying woke, vicar. No, <laughs> right. Uh, one thing that that I've, I hopefully I've impressed upon you, and something that's really easy to do nowadays, hmm. is. Because the world is changing so fast, right? Right. And uh, there's an example we might wind up talking about today, um, if time permits, that it's really easy as Christians, one, you want to prepare the people for the world out there. Yeah. Right? But the other hand, you don't want to do it in a way that keeps people from seeing their own sin. Right. Um, We... You know, a lot of people in the pews love it when you nail all those sins out there. Of course. They love that. Mm -hmm. Especially when it can keep them from seeing their own sin. True. And um, so I I think the times nowadays create an interesting challenge for a pastor to walk that line of keeping the congregation, you know, aware. What does God's word say about certain situations? Without them thinking the problem in this world is all those sinners out there. Right. Um, And uh, in a way that keeps us from repenting. There is, ever since I've been a pastor, uh, I would would call LCMS piety, Hmm. where we've got it right. And certainly I do believe we teach the word of God. And the, the book of Concord is true and right. and uh, But we're not saved because we have it right. And we're not saved because we look down upon sinners outside these walls who reject God's word. Hmm. And I believe that there can be, and it does show sometimes in preaching, in sermons I've heard, um, and probably have done myself in, in ways that uh, reflecting on, maybe I could have reworded it. Hmm. where it teaches people to be concerned so much about the sins out there. Right. It, it, and you saw this a little bit in, in my sermon about uh, church attendance recently. Yeah. Where where I told Julie uh, before the, even I preached, and maybe I said this to you too, that uh, um, I'll, I'll probably get some nice pastor comments about the sermon because people are thinking, I sure hope so-and-so is listening. Mm-hmm. 
Or there are people out there who really need to hear what you had to say there. Hmm. Too bad they weren't here. Right. And uh, as we talked about, well, the people who were here and who aren't, you're in the same situation they were at one point. Right. So this sermon also is for you. Right. And so part of preaching is to diagnose that in the congregation. To to not allow because it's it, it can be a moving target as as things change so quickly that uh, um, we view our sins on a sliding scale. You know, yeah. Um, I, know. I, th- I think the average Christian nowadays probably does things that sixty years ago would have made Christians shudder. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm, you know what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, I do. And uh, and the constant need for repentance in in the in the world in which we live uh, grows ever more. Not so much concerned in our preaching and our understanding with uh, making sure the plank of all those people or the speck in all those people outside these walls is taken care of first and foremost. Uh, the ones keeping the pew warm that morning, mm-hmm. that they may recognize their sin. And I think that one is at at the heart of this text on, and repentance and judging others and uh, uh, dealing with people without first recognizing, first and foremost, that we are a sinner. But there, I believe there has been a very strong in, in uh, our faithful people that we constantly need to address where um, uh, where we need to constantly be mindful of and repentance and still daily uh, we get so worried about the world out there, so worried about the sins out there, and so worried about uh, uh, our country and our communities falling apart in all sorts of ways that uh, it's really easy then to... Take your own sins lightly, mm-hmm. right? And I think, and I think that is one 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 thing that uh, this this text preaches and teaches, right? Um, and I would say to to walk that line, um, I don't know if that would be something for a vicar to preach, that, right? Just because that that's that's higher level. <laughs> Not no no offense beyond my skill. <laughs> no, that, that, no, that, that takes a, a, a relationship, that, that a relationship experience mm-hmm. to kind of learn. Not that the difference. What I what I mean that is is part of preaching that the one of the biggest things experience experience teaches is what I ex- explained to my wife. A lot of people are going to like this sermon for this reason mm-hmm. of being more and more attuned to how people are going to hear and understand a sermon. As a new preacher, you don't have a lot of those yet. You don't always uh, um, have an understanding of, and then that's one thing I do, okay? You've probably experienced this. Now, when they hear this, this is what they're going to think. Right. Or this is how it's going to hit them. And you'll say, oh, I never really thought about it that way. I say that a lot. (laughs) Right. It's true, though. Uh, And that comes from experience. Mm -hmm. And that comes from... Uh, hearing what people have to say about what you say, 
and uh, and, and uh, putting that in the back of my mind that you can only get through experience. Hmm. Um, and so that being said, there's a lot of I think sometimes that having that awareness can actually fade over time too. Oh, interesting. So, anyways, <laughs> so that that so I don't I, I say those without have, asking you to say. Oh, I think that's what you need to preach. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I'm probably going to stick to the. I've got most of my manuscript. Yeah, you got prepared, it written anyways. Probably, which probably I'm, stay with it. I'm looking forward to seeing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and you. Yep, that'll happen. And, and for anyone listening, this is. Wednesday when we're recording. So by tomorrow, he means Thursday, not the day you're listening to. Right. And usually I like it a little sooner, but you're preaching two weeks in a row. And Yeah. Thank you for the kindness. <laughs> no. So what are you preaching on, Vicar? Okay. So I'm taking this opportunity to address the judge not because everyone has been confronted by this bumper sticker-esque slogan on social media thrown in Christians' faces as if it means uh, that you cannot say something critical to me at all because you are a Christian and the creed of Christianity is judge not. And uh, that seems to be sometimes a person's entire grasp of Christianity summed up into their wishful thinking of judge not, you cannot say that what I'm doing is wrong. And so I want to address that because I actually have a sense that Christians might wonder how to deal with that because it is the word of God. God, Jesus Christ here has told us to judge not mm-hmm. lest you be judged or, and you will not be judged if you judge not. And so the, what I'm bringing to the sermon is that scripture interprets scripture. And I'm going to show that a couple different ways. So we don't take a sentence or phrase out by itself and then try to know what it means all by itself as if it has no relationship to any of its context or any other scripture in the Bible. And so one of the things to notice is where the imperative to judge not and then followed immediately by condemn not in parallel, where those two imperatives lay inside even the pericope because they're bookended by be merciful. Okay. So when you are having mercy on someone, is it because they've never done anything wrong? Well, no, that's impossible. You have mercy on someone who has done something wrong. So clearly to exhibit the quality of mercy, which we're also being told to do, implies that the person actually owes you something. They've actually done something wrong or it's, or you're not being merciful. You're just standing there neutrally. So, so that's the first key is to understand that, that you can't be merciful unless people are actually doing things wrong. And that means there is such a thing as doing things wrong. Uh, and then it's followed, those two imperatives to judge not and condemn not are followed by an exhortation to don't be a hypocrite. Okay, so, and in that exhortation to of don't act hypocritically, it says to work on your own faults, the log that is in your eye, you know, and don't blindly lead another blind person, but work on your own faults. But that doesn't say the other person has no faults at all. They have, they do have a speck in their eye, but your instructions are to work on your own faults so that you can be helpful to your neighbor right. with their faults. And I, I would, I would change that wording okay. a little bit. Uh, and, and uh, I would, I would prefer the work on your own faults okay. to be more baptismal language, repentance all and right. forgiveness, uh, because, uh, that is a little bit more descriptive on how. Right. Good point. Uh, so, uh, to, so, so for example, when say, well, what does it mean to work on your faults? 
working on your faults means, okay, I got to try really hard. Right. Yeah. I've got to like put some it. elbow yeah. grease behind it. Um, and, and certainly there is that aspect of it, certainly, but it flows from who you are at your baptism, having the mm-hmm. old Adam in you drowned. So to reflect on the Ten Commandments, to repent of your sins, and to seek to do better is a little more descriptive. Yes, it is. Okay. I'll make sure that that gets fixed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will. Um, that, that, you, you understand that, by the way, right? Oh, yeah. No, I do. Like, Because you're right. If I It, it easily devolves down into works righteousness like oh you just got to try really hard and with no foundation to it so i need to provide the foundation that your baptism right. and uh, so your a good example would be the publican and the pharisee okay uh how the publican he saw the the, the plank in his own eye and repentance yeah his his call was for grace and mercy right which then led him in, as a forgiven child to certainly see those things in a different way and certainly right. helped him work on them, but it but it starts with uh, the aspect of him understanding who he is and what he needs mm-hmm. first and foremost, and to work on them is really you start with uh, they need to be dealt with by Christ, right? First and foremost, right? So another aspect that my sermon will bring out is that uh, none of us are getting out of this life unscathed and. What I mean by that is uh, sin causes damage. It causes damage to the one committing it, but it also causes damage to the victims of our sins. And so as we go through life, someone's going to sin against you in a way that that changes the trajectory you thought you were on. You will no longer attain the level of wealth that you once thought was in your grasp. That could be a relative Uh, becomes an addict and steals from you and takes away from you or destroys something in seconds that took you years and years to to put together to accumulate. Uh, Could be a reckless uh, accident and it causes you an injury or a financial loss that changes what you thought was going to happen in your life. And you're not going to be as healthy for as long as you thought. You're not going to have a lifespan uh, or you're going to retire later than you thought. I mean, all these things are going to happen. And it is those sins that we have to forgive others. We have to forgive those sins that have hugely diminished where we thought we would go or the potential we thought we had in this life. And at the same time, we have done that to others. People have suffered damage on account of our own sins that are in the that are in that situation that their life has been permanently diminished in the way we measure things here on earth I'll say the way we think things should turn out and and this the sin go the sin and the damage goes both directions and that's uh, and we need to be very forgiving because this this clause judge not condemn not is really almost the parable of the unforgiving servant without the parable mm-hmm. because he was forgiven much he was forgiven of multiple lifetimes worth of debt that he could never pay ever. And then he turned to someone that owed him a relatively minor amount compared to that and would not let them off the hook for it. Right. Well, well I, one thing that uh, maybe you don't even realize that she kind of went there, hmm. but I'm going to point it out where um, I don't think often enough we think about sin in this way. We think about sin as how... I don't want to be judged by God, right? Right. Don't I mean, want to be we think of, yep. of 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 how my sins uh, are offensive to God, and I what I deserve because of my sins. Rightly so. That's a huge part. Sure. Right. Yep. But but 
when Jesus talks about also our sin, he he views it as you explained it too. Uh, anyone who causes one of these little ones mm-hmm. yeah. to stumble. And to be mindful of how our sins could be damaging to someone else and someone else's faith. Right. You know, there's, a, there's sins that that occur uh, that's not just between you and God. You bring people with it. Yeah. And, uh, and to be mindful of the souls of others as you go through this life mm. and not just because uh, it's interesting we talk about how the gospel teaches us to love okay it is interesting that that is the concern for others more than concern for yourself and and the gospel what it does unlike any other is it takes it takes what we have been given in Christ Jesus and and it takes it off the table you are right with god through the blood of jesus and because of that that frees you to be concerned about your neighbor even more than yourself. Right. My needs will be taken care of. My soul is with Christ. I am alive in Christ. I am a sinner redeemed. And that takes my worry for myself kind of off the table mm. so that I can right. be concerned about others. Right. And, um, and you see what has to happen for that to happen, by the way. Your own plank has to be dealt with. Yeah, there you go. So there, there's a, actually in the text then a freeing aspect to what the gospel does, right? It it takes that plank out of your eye. Christ deals with it, and it's a process, right? Each day mm-hmm. we're buried and risen with Him, and and uh, we are so often so concerned about what what my relationship with God, what's going to damage my relationship with God. And almost in a selfish way, where yeah, we are, where we are, you know. So, uh, let's say, let's take a sexual sin for example. Okay. Okay. Uh, a lot of times, that's not an individual. <laughs> right. What's the? It takes two to tango. Sure. Right. And then people might think, "Oh, man, I've done something bad. I'm so worried about my own soul right now." Hmm. Well, you should be concerned about the souls of others. Right. Especially. And 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 a good example of this is when when Jesus or Paul tells husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. How did Christ love the church? He he washes clean. He wanted us to be pure, holy, forgiven and free. And so what do husbands want for their wives? To be Forgiven, holy, free. Our in love, our concern is with her spiritual life, right above all other things. And the only way that can happen is if you understand your own forgiveness mm-hmm. and your own plank is dealt with. It frees you to actually see people in a different way. Another thing I will say: okay. you got me going, Vicar. Oh, good. <laughs> you got me going. Um, and that is too. Like if you the difference between going from the, that angle as opposed to uh, the scenario that Jesus points out about you having a plank and getting the speck out, mm-hmm. the motivation is different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, your motivation is 
is not so much always for their care and concern. It's he's dealing with Pharisees, right? Yeah. Always concerned with someone else's sin and never their mm-hmm. never own. their own. Yep. And and so um, the difference that that uh, baptism does is it changes how you see the speck in someone else's eye. You don't see them as a threat. You don't see them as strictly an enemy. Mm-hmm. You see them as someone who needs forgiveness. It, it it opens your eyes to see them with compassion rather than anger because you're one of them too. Right. And, uh, and the only way you can do that is through the gospel. So the gospel kind of is the engine behind all of that. Yeah. Well, good. I'll have to look back at my manuscript and see. Hopefully I didn't talk too much. I'm like, oh, no. It's going to be a late night. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. (laughs) But bear in mind, I'm just going off what you said. Yeah, no, fair enough, right? Right. (laughs) Okay. All right. So then uh, I don't remember where we left off. Oh, I... I was, I basically had framed up the sermon in terms of letting scripture interpret scripture that we are not being told to ignore sin or being told to be merciful, forgiving, and uh, unhypocritical, introspective, in other words, repenting mm-hmm. for our own sins as well. So it's not the sin eraser. Judge not is not a sin eraser. It's a, it's a, a call to the gospel for forgiveness. Right. Uh, I, I think what Jesus... All, many, many, many times displays this, right? Uh, for example, uh, the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with her hair and, or with expensive oil in her hair, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus was concerned for her. He dealt with her compassion hmm. and the gospel. Um, uh, Jesus, the uh, last sermon uh, that you preached... Uh, people are offended that Jesus ate with sinners. He right. hung around sinners. Well, what what drove that? Well, uh, he had compassion on others and their soul above anything else. Right. Um, uh, Jesus on the cross, even before, uh, even while they were crucifying him, had every reason to scream judgment at them and to condemn them as they... they put to death the only thing righteous this world had known. Hmm. And he says, Father, forgive forgive them. them. He didn't even have a speck in his eye. (laughs) Right? Right. And what was his desire? Forgiveness. Uh, Forgiveness, love, (laughs) to bring them back. And uh, I think the judge aspect, and I'll have another comment about that too. Okay. The judge aspect in this uh, then goes to the kind of the motivation of the judgment and why you say it. So I think we, we earlier we mentioned that you're going to frame it with Matthew 18 or something to that effect, yeah. where where Jesus in a sense tells the church to <laughs> judge. Yeah, he does with, according to his word. Rebuke your brother if he sins. Right, right, right. And um, but the motivation behind that, as he teaches it, is to win the brother over. Right. Right, not to win an argument or something right. like or to look better. And, than and he he referenced it in in, in the, the context of the gathering of the redeemed. Bring it before the mm. church, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am with them. Well, 
one, that teaches that the church has a theory of Christ. Yeah, it does. Right? It's not just like, oh, don't worry, God is, is with you, patting you on the back. Right. Go get him, tiger. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I am with you to the end of the age. He says the same thing in Matthew 28. He does. And so um, the motivation then changes too. You're not just judging, condemning. Hmm. You are seeking to win a brother over or sister right. over in love. So that, that changes that aspect too. Uh, because without that, we are judging. <laughs> yeah. We are condemning. Right. We are concerned uh, with the, and offended by the sins of the other, hmm. even more so. You think about it, that, that's, isn't that part, going back full circle to my, my Lutheran piety that I pointed out? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you notice how, how that aspect takes out our personal offense at other sins? Yeah, it does. Right? Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's the reason we do something seems to often be more important than what we're doing. I'm, I, that's a good example of that, that the reason you are pointing out somebody's sin is, is significant. It's overwhelmingly important in this regard. Are you pointing mm-hmm. out somebody else's sin because you're offended and mad at them and their sin is really bad and you want to win the culture war? Mm-hmm. Or are you concerned for their soul and you want to win your brother over to Christ and help him out of his predicament? It's a big difference. And, and one, one last thought that I have from the text that as we talk, talk about kind of got my thinking going, mm-hmm. and that is uh, the large catechism uh, in Luther's description of the Eighth Commandment. In that, he talks kind of like this in terms of your office and your place. Uh, there are certain things that God gave certain people to judge. For example, the government. Right? right? Yep. Uh, uh, and uh, for a child, the parents. In some ways, the pastor or the church. Yeah. Right? And when Luther talks about the Eighth Commandment, that's how he, he understands this aspect. The only ones who should be talking about a certain issue is the, the one who is there to judge it. Got it. That's interesting. Right. And so, and so, for example, if you and your neighbor are talking about the sins of your neighbor, and Luther says, certainly, even if it's true, are you the judge of this? Hmm. Has God placed you in a place as the judge over these things? If not, you shouldn't be talking about it. Hmm. It's not your concern. Um, and that's actually a pretty quick, quick read. If, if you're interested, I, maybe tonight take a quick peek and see if it. <laughs> okay. Not that it would change your sermon. I'm, 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 I'm sorry. No, I'm it's all good. I'm just, well, I'm just actually I'm trying to contextualize it. You know, you, I, I go on social media and I read about the outrages going on in the world, especially our country. And, you know, I, I'm trying to think of like, am I misstepping to render judgment against the overt notorious sins of... I, 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 would say, I would say this. Now, there's a difference between, uh, for example, Matthew 18, go show your brother your fault and who was placed judge over them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, even in the, often in the Missouri Synod, that's misapplied because uh, if, you, if you look at that, it's a private matter, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? 
Um, but if it's a public teaching, a public sin, that also then it doesn't necessarily apply because let's say uh, I teach false doctrine very publicly. Okay. And, uh, and then uh, a, a fellow brother pastor comes to me and he says, okay, um, this is wrong. You need to repent of this. This is not what God's word teaches. And I quietly say, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, that does very little to those who have heard those words. Right. Especially if they are, have been misled by them. Right. Of course, and then sometimes in our dispute resolution, our own synod, it deals public uh, sins in a private manner, hmm. which, well, first of all, you should go talk to them, which that's always a good thing. That's However, a good place to start. <laughs> right. However, if it is a public thing, where people are hearing it and being misled, they should be addressed in a public manner so that people likewise aren't misled by it. Hmm. So, so that, that, that's one aspect of it. Um, but, uh, you know, anyways, does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so, yeah. But that, that's also why, as a church, we need to do a better job of, of expressing these things. Speaking out, I think right now, all too often, uh, a church, our own church body kind of just leaves it, a lot of this, to an individual pastor. This is why conventions aren't so important, so we can mm-hmm. say this is what we say and believe as a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, this is why I think... It's important for the church. We talked about AI stuff yeah. I remember a couple, a few episodes ago. I've been sure. thinking about more about this. I certainly think, for example, the church needs to to really start thinking about this and start coming up with some answers to this. To start really talking about what does I AI, what temptations does it have for the church or the pastors or the people that we need to be aware of right now hmm. and address it. Well, I'm I'm all over the place today. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Uh, maybe we could ask an AI to sort this out for us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, so yes, um, great text. Yeah, it is a good text and uh, interesting discussion on the eighth commandment too. Yeah, and and uh, the listeners and pastors, uh, if you if you uh, if you want to send an email to the clerical heirs podcast about because i brought up the the ai stuff mm-hmm. what are your concerns about it yeah from a theological standpoint you know because uh from a biblical standpoint that we can be aware of so that we can get ahead of it because there might be things that we're not thinking about you know there man there could be lots of tools that it could be helpful right but but what should we think about it in terms of biblical authority what is authority of thinking of god's word for our own and mm-hmm. not allowing things to to manipulate us and our people. What what are you thinking about that? Send where can they send that, Vicar? Send those thoughts to feedback at clericalerrors.org. We can also be reached on Facebook by searching for Clerical Errors Podcast. And on Twitter we have a handle. Andy bro. <laughs> yeah, on Twitter we have a handle at clerical errors P. P. 
for podcast, bro. There it is. We have a Patreon and a store as well. All right. Yeah, email would be best for this, though. Yeah, this one's good for email, so feedback at clericalerrors.org. All right. And uh, buy a shirt. <laughs> yeah, while you're looking around for Clerical Errors Podcast, <laughs> buy a shirt. <laughs> hey, Peter, I had an idea. This probably shouldn't be on. Do you want to hear my idea? Yeah, okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, with that, we uh, do like a parody of the uh, Thrivent shirt and sell it. Mm. <laughs> Like live theologically or something. Yeah, we'll have to. That would be great. That's a great idea. All right. Um, where do you want to go, Peter? Uh, we actually, how much? We've got, we got a little time yet. We got like ten minutes or so. Maybe okay. More. What was the? So we have, I want to do kids' questions. Oh, you do questions okay, from the children. Could do that, or what was the other thing we were thought we might do? Well, I've got. I, t- I mentioned got a news about there's Berg, but Berg's not here. Right, and I've got uh, I've got some uh, uh, my uh, words that maybe we could use, but we've talked too much. I don't want to get into this. Okay, you didn't right. go to UrbanDictionary.com, did you? By the way, right? <laughs> no, I did not actually. Do you know that one, Urban right. Dictionary? Because so if you if you <laughs> have FOMO over this, we'll get it over at uh, a different episode. Oh, is that one of your words? FOMO. Oh, gosh. You're so old. That's what I was worried about. We'd pull out some newfangled slang. <laughs> right, right. I've got a list. I've got a list. Okay, okay. I'll, 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 I'll tease you a little bit, all right? Which is funny. This list uh, this list uh, that I got, it's, uh, it's kind of funny because it's not new or trendy, okay. some of these. Like, uh, one word is a, a, a lit. You describe something exciting or amazing or cool. That's, I'm thinking that's, that's starting to be 25 years ago, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> but at any rate. It's coming back. It's, it's, Is it cycled? It has come uh, back. Okay. Yeah. It's cycled. Uh, a flex to show off or boast about something. That's old. I, I mean, I, I almost think that, like, if me and you know it, it probably is a, <laughs> has to be old. <laughs> and I know flex. And I know lit. <laughs> uh, the savage. Mm-hmm. Being ruthless, harsh, or brutally honest. See, it's a lot of. The, I'll have to come up with Where, new, okay, new ones. Did you get this from the Reader's Digest or something? <laughs> yeah, his his 2016 copy of Reader's Digest. <laughs> trying to keep our readers right. up to speed. Another word, cool. <laughs> yeah. No way. Right. These days, you're saying hip. Hip. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did Groovy make the list? Right. And if you if you if you play a joke on someone, you say psych afterwards. Oh, psych. Yeah, that's a new one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when you're going to shake oh, somebody's hand and then you pull your hand back and instead adjust your hair right, right at the last second you say psych. <laughs> I think Berg still does that by the way. I don't know if he says psych, <laughs> oh, he? but he should say psych or let's he go. He says boom roasted. <laughs> boom roasted? Wow. That's totally bodacious. That's so extra. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I can't decide if I'm happy or sad about this. <laughs> well, I think it's totally because they're not creepy. like they're not bad words. They're just normal words to me. Yeah. Right. Like one of one of the well, this list, one of the words is slay. To excel or perform exceptionally well. In the example, <laughs> she slayed her presentation at work. Wow. 
I, I think re- hearing the dry as a bone definition of these slang right. terms is almost <laughs> yeah. worse than the age of the slang. It would be she slew her presentation. I think it would be slew the slayed. I don't know if that's right. It's pretty funny. Huh. Who do I who do I want to read these? Who who would be like a great person to read them in the most dry, sterile way possible? Are you gonna get like an AI uh, voice to simulate it? <laughs> uh, how about like a Ben Shapiro AI voice? Oh, there you go. <laughs> Gucci is one for good or cool. Every, I, everything's I, Gucci. Okay, I actively disbelieve that that ever went into use. That seems no. Silly. That one's that one's in use. For sure. Is that... I've never yeah, heard Yeah, Gucci it. is another word for good. Ah! Okay, that one caught me. I don't know that one. Yep. We Gucci. Hmm. Uh, salty is given. Mm-hmm. Being bitter mm-hmm. upset. Like, yep. that's been used for... I think it's been a while. I mean, it's hard to know. I mean, my, my social media... That's been media, around on the internet for like 10 years. Okay. Yeah, my, so. my social media poison, so to speak, is Reddit. Like, I, that's where I hang out. And so if it's been on Reddit, I've probably came across it. Uh, I don't know. Riz is a word. I'm not sure what that means. Riz? I don't know that one. How about Riz? you? Riz. Oh, you guys don't know Riz? No. No. Yeah, here it comes. Riz is short for charisma. Really? Dang. Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to riz somebody up, you're trying to use your charisma on them. No cap. Oh, like a persuasive. No cap. For real. For real. Hmm. For real. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> uh how about quiet quitting peter do you want quiet no comment <laughs> i do know that one it's an anti-work movement thing yes i i participate <laughs> <laughs> oh being your father i know now exactly what it means uh-huh <laughs> right all right and menti b what's menti b no, I got no, no clue idea. on that. Menti what the B. heck do you mean? Menti B is uh, not a new hip-hop artist. That's what I was thinking, like Cardi B. But it, it is a cutesy shortening of much more serious phrase, mental breakdown. A Menti B, the cutesy way of referring to a mental breakdown. That's There's a... no way that's real. <laughs> I don't know. You that's, never know. That's for sure a Reader's Digest thing, right? right. That's like those, those, fake, uh, those fake text messages. Yeah, the emojis uh, that are... The te- the fake text message um, translations like yeah lol people think mean lots of love right <laughs> I've got Vicar I've got one here that uh, for going outside oh okay uh, touch grass touch grass I <laughs> you sure that's not a drug reference <laughs> nope he's he's good on that one too that's really? for the folks who uh, only stay inside on their computer they get told to touch grass because you know. Well, they, they don't. They a, don't touch grass and go outside. I guess, but as a guy that mostly stays indoor at my computer, you'd think I'd come across that at some point. When's the last time you touched grass? <laughs> I do. You walk. can't tell me, can you? I, well, if I had shoes on, is it touching grass or no? No, you're not touching grass if you're wearing shoes. Oh well, then it's been. When's quite the last a while. time you touched grass, Faker? Go touch a grass very right good now. Question. <laughs> well, actually, it's a really annoying question, but it's a pretty good question. <laughs> Okay, I got one more. Uh, Peter, what's a Nepo baby? Uh, a Nepo baby. Nepo baby. Oh, nepotism? Uh, they, yes, nepotism baby. Okay. Someone who's... Children of people, yes. Privileged, I suppose. Huh. Right. We have examples of that Never. in the Missouri Senate. 
Is it like the silver Never spoon? Never had to work hard for anything. No, yeah, mm. silver spoon. All right. So well, that was pretty cool. I mean, if I can use that word. Yeah, this could okay. be your next sermon until it takes a drastic turn. <laughs> yeah, that was lit. No cap. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> All right, slay. Yeah. You well, guys- uh, we need to wrap this up. I want to touch grass. Give me a. Uh, we have some uh, question and answers from uh, little kids. We do. Confound the clerics, Peter. Play the intro. Confound the clerics. What do you think about this music, Vicar? Um, it reminds me of the last time I heard it. Oh, yeah. All right, pick a question. All right, I think we'll go with this one. Will we look the same in heaven? So, I sure hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm kind of hoping to be a little taller, personally. But okay. Like, <laughs> you're going to give me a minty bee. <laughs> Please don't use that one ever again. <laughs> so I thought this was a good question from from this little kid. And so what I answered is that you will still be yourself in heaven. Um, it might have come from the idea that maybe they'd heard that you would get wings or be an angel and they were pushing back on that. It's not. A, but I told the the answer I would give, you will still be yourself in heaven. So but your body's going to be perfect and not like this aging out body that we have now right. um, but that means that all of our parts are going to work perfectly all the time and, and they'll work forever and we're never going to be sad uh, and we will live in joy with God forever so that's the answer I have put together uh, for that question you know what's interesting though is is this aspect of it is uh, uh, if you look at Jesus after the resurrection mm-hmm. resurrected perfect right yeah yeah yet he still had he had his scars. Yes. He's, yeah, that is interesting. Um, and, and if you see, look at artwork, uh, and they show the perfected, for example, John the Baptist, risen John the Baptist. They show John the Baptist with his head in his hand. He, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that that will be literally true to me, though. Uh, I mean. But I, I, I like the idea <laughs> that those scars... Are a mark of glory in the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that uh, that uh, you in Christ th- these are overcome, and now the, the wounds of, of Jesus are precious. Yes, and the scars that we receive, being martyrs, yeah. someone might receive right. as a martyr is is a is a uh, uh, a sign of of glory in the God's kingdom. That's interesting because the death of Jesus Christ defines him forevermore, and is not the is not the hidden elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. It's who he is forever, and we get a strong dose of that when we study the book of Revelation. His death and what he paid for our uh, for our rescue defines him forever. Right. Hmm. No cap. No cap. <laughs> I don't even know what that one means. <laughs> you don't? No. Don't you that. don't know no cap? I don't know no cap. <laughs> So, so that was wishful thinking on my part that it applied. <laughs> See, my understanding is cap is truth and no cap. Or cap is a lie. I don't know why. And then no cap you is... You are... What? I don't know. Is it like limited and unlimited? Cap you got it. Okay. Uh, no cap is short for no capacity because you have no capacity for the lies. Oh, it's like fed up. No capacity for lying. So if you say something is no cap, it's true because you don't have the capacity to lie. 
that's seems like a stretch. And then ca- cap is just the opposite of no cap. It's not. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's still capacity, but it's. I, I do have the capacity to tell a to lie, lie or receive yeah. a lie. Right. Okay. Either way. Either way. Part either. of the problem is you're a little like Berg. Is you you uh, <laughs> you think a little too literally on some of these things. I am a little bit that way. Let's go. Like I get it. Like people who say uh, like you and Berg, I don't get this whole let's go after you do something. Have never <laughs> done something great and then said let's go. No shot, man. No shot. Right. Like <laughs> I have the personality. That would do if I did something I was proud of. Let's go. Yes. You would probably notify a wide radius of people that you had accomplished something you were trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) No cap. (laughs) That's right. This is terrible and I'm getting bored. Vicar, do you have another question for us? You want another question? Here we go. Yeah, give me one more. Is the devil real? Um, So I told Mrs. Vicar about this child's question. And she almost couldn't shut me down fast enough to make sure that I wouldn't do it wrong. Because she was so concerned. She says, you have to tell them they don't have to be afraid of the devil. And uh, and so I told her, thank you for that wonderful insight. And what I had written was, yes, the devil is real, but do not be afraid of the devil. Because, right. <laughs> of course, you have to. That is of what the child oh, is So you're going to say he, he is real and he might be in your closet? Is that yeah, what you're going to say? I think that's what Mrs. Vicker thought I might do is say, <laughs> yes, he is very real. And then just leave it at and that. And he is a, everywhere. Right. You cannot and, get away. And he's no. stronger than you. <laughs> yeah. You would not believe how powerful he is. No. <laughs> so, uh, but, <laughs> but bless her heart. She wanted to make sure that I understood that this child was afraid. Uh, and so, uh, or could easily be. And so, yes, that would be second out of my mouth. The devil's real, but you do not have to be afraid of the devil. Jesus is the winner over the devil. And the devil is the loser because Jesus died on the cross so that you can go to heaven. So that's... That's the right. answer that I wrote. Okay. Because you could, I don't maybe for the older kids, mm-hmm. you could mention he's real. So don't, don't go out of your way to do, you know, to seek the devil. Yeah. Right. You know, then it can harm you if you're seeking the devil. Right. Um, uh, how would you even, I'm trying to figure out how to word that to a kid, like that there's an unhealthy uh, aspect to because they are parted with that all the time, mm-hmm. right? right? I mean, being a guy that listens to heavy metal music, there's whole bands out there that think it's really right. trendy and cl- uh, right. clever to to be satanic. But there, I mean, like a lot of entertainment is it deals with kind of dark side issues oh, and yeah. that kind of thing. That's true. And the dark mm-hmm. arts and mysticism. Yeah, but that might be a little bit too much. Yeah, I think that maybe the oldest is around eleven, maybe twelve. The eleven would be certainly old enough to talk right about okay that with but some of those kids are down to like seven or eight so right it's, it's a pretty wide range and i don't know right. who particularly wrote that question for me so huh. anyway um but that's it yes the devil's real we do not have to be afraid of him jesus has defeated him at the cross and don't take an unhealthy interest in him i suppose yeah mm-hmm. yeah no shadow wizard money gang i don't is that like a, another one of the slings? They love casting spells. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast right. was brought to you by the shadow government. <laughs> okay, you lost me. Yeah, I, that's okay. I was laughing for you. to be polite. The, there's two people listening to this podcast that thought that was the funniest thing they've heard this week. Okay. They're probably younger than us. 
And if you don't know, don't look it up. It's not worth it, I promise. Fair enough. All right. Well, that brings us to the conclusion of our show. Uh, I hope to have Berg back on soon. And uh, um, uh, thank you for listening. Sure. <laughs> thank you for listening. And uh, no cap, may you. <laughs> Do you know how this podcast works? <laughs> Well, yeah. We How have many of these have you done? We got to put in like all the content wrapped up into one or two final statements, right? And you know, you're, you're really paper. just don't want to pr- pronounce, like, say who you are today because you you missed at the beginning and you missed it at the end. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank for you listening. for listening. This is Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And me, you slay no cap for real for realsies. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.